Everything's under control. Situation normal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Florida Man Plays X-Wing. This is episode three, and boy, have we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. So, I of course, let's get right into it. I've got my co-host here, Joe Laporta. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the best episode we've done yet so far. <laughs> yeah, so far today. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, and then my other co-host here, Carlos Ramirez. Howdy, everybody. So, as everybody probably knows at this point, the points update came out. Uh, on the, on Monday the 28th. So it's huge. They changed a ton of stuff. Stuff got nerfed. Stuff got dropped in price. Uh, it, the extended meta is going to be a total mess now, especially. there's Stuff is just everywhere. And <laughs> leaving, uh, leaving everybody here to figure out what's going on. I think in large part, at least my personal feeling on this, is that they mostly did a really good job. They seem to kind of hit um, the large majority of the problematic cards and they definitely found stuff that wasn't getting played and brought it up so uh what's your guys take on that Ooh, steve before we do that before we dive in can we dials down bottoms, bottoms up. up yeah i gotta get a drink in there yeah hey, uh, carlos what you drinking man uh today i'm drinking intercoastal brewery donut shop cream ale it's uh, one of our local breweries here and they make some really good stuff so oh, i'm enjoying man. this one you went real fancy on us. We, Joe and I got Sam 67 because it was BOGO at Publix. Actually, but, Steve's actually drinking a 67 because he's dyslexic. I'm drinking 67. a 76. 76, 67. <laughs> Who cares? It's the summer After the fifth or sixth, you know, it's about the same. <laughs> um, so anyways, back to the, back to the, uh, st- the oh, yeah, subject at hand here. What, what's the take overall take on the points changes? Go, Joe, go ahead. Oh, I get to go first because I'm the happiest person here because... Uh, we decided we're going to talk about some things we like and some things that we don't like. But I'm just going to talk about the fact that I get Lando cheaper in two different versions. Two or three. Does the scum one change? Uh, that's a good question. That's, uh... Basically, one of the biggest point drops in the entire thing is 100% my favorite character, ship, ability, best thing about 2.0, which is the Rebel Lando Falcon which I think got a huge burst from its ability getting better in 2.0 and then gets a little more loving, making it cheaper. And then if somehow that's still too expensive for me, I think they dropped the crew one by more than half. Yeah. So happier to pig and shit? So it looks like uh, Scumlando remained exactly the same. Uh, Never changes. The Scum Falcon, I think, was much more reasonably priced than the other, than the, the Rebel Falcon particularly, so... I I don't think they didn't ch- they didn't touch those which is probably fine they were they were they were kind of out there, um, but yeah we had the uh, we had the, the the rebel Lando let's see where what his point I believe he goes down was. by twelve points to a twelve pretty yeah. pretty reasonable number right here went from ninety two down to eighty which is that's a that's a huge jump a thirteen percent point decrease. Um, I still translate massive. things into 1.0 math, so for me, that's a 40-point Falcon with a much-improved ability. Yeah. That seems pretty darn good to me. Yeah. And then Lando Crew went down three points from five to two. Uh, so it's essentially, I mean, a 60%, per- 60% decrease is huge. R- reminder how the new ability works, too. You get a token guaranteed. So for one oh, yeah. point... 
you get to gamble on an action, but you still come out with a focus or an evade token. Now, do you have it so, in front of you? What exactly does he do now? You still roll two green dice, right? Correct. So you grow, uh, two roll, uh, roll two green dice, and the results that you get are your tokens, or your opponent gets to choose focus or evade if you roll two blanks. Ah, okay. Okay, well, that's still not too bad. What I've been thinking about playing him with is basically putting him on a Han Falcon with the title. Because the ability to get that evade token is really good with that reroll that you get from the uh, the Falcon title, the Rebel one. So I'm looking at putting that together. Um, Travis told me I could, so I'm going to next time we play, even if it's not good. I think I'm going back double Falcon. The oh, fact yeah, that you can not? fit the both two of them in a list now. Double Falcon. I think I'm going like I'm going old school like 1.0, <laughs> like second wave. That time I almost won a regional, but I turned right instead of left, and <laughs> everybody made fun of me. Like, I'm going to do that but, again. That's yeah. actually one of the first lists that I put together was Lando and Han. Um, they would work really well together. Engine upgrade went down, too, for large bases. So, oh, did it? You know, I, yeah, I just pop engine upgrade on it, and, and I have a white boost. Let's go. <laughs> what uh, what point cost did that go down to for a large base? Uh, went from 9 to 7, I believe. Well, that's not bad. It's reasonable. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's pretty cheaper big. than it was in one Yeah, I mean you take that on and it included. I mean you, now you're getting a Falcon plus an engine upgrade for less than Han cost by himself or Lando cost by themselves before. Yeah, that might be a little misleading because they were grossly overcosted before. Yeah, but I almost quit two after our first game because I discovered that uh, apparently Falcon was not good anymore. It, it, it was it overpriced. Was, it was a little rough there. Well, that was also going up against a tie swarm, which is not. A great thing for the falcon anyways we also used your dice which uh <laughs> by the way uh steve cheats <clears throat> that's not no oh yeah totally so carlos what's uh what's got you excited about this what's your number one here really to be honest um i am really enjoying seeing the e-wings drop in price uh significantly i think corn horn was hard miss especially for me and uh, a few other players are have him as one of their favorite pilots um, but in general, I think the E-Wing is a good chassis. It's, uh, it can do some damage and can get those early locks. Um, so seeing them all drop, uh, I think we can we can see something there. That's a pretty significant drop, too. It looks like they're 8, 7, 7, 7. So around yeah. a 10 or 11 point drop reach, or 10%, 11-point. 10%, 11% drop on most of them. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's, that's a huge drop for those ships. Um, you know, getting down into that. So Corrin is now, you know, a little bit less expensive than Poe, um, which is a, you know, that's a big deal. Um, just being able to use him, I think his double tap ability is something that nobody's, re- you know, nobody's really been using him. So we haven't really seen it on the f- on the field in 2.0 yet. And it's gonna be interesting to see how that how that hits the meta because I think it's gonna he's gonna show up now for sure. I think he needs he needs a coordinate ship. Um, he needs just sort of that late um, 1.0 meta where he had Cornhorn with a Fenrau VI, yeah. where he was able to pass a coordinate at PS11. That's kind of the Cornhorn that you probably will have to see uh, to be able to line up that bullseye late. He has a maneuverability, but he needs to be able to do both that barrel and boost, yeah, um, and do it late. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe actually sticking with Fen Rao, uh, the Sheathapede, um, or figure out some other kind of coordinate ship to, to tech on there. Um, he might do well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing, one person you could go with, just to keep on my theme, you could do him with the new Lando. 
So I think <laughs> dropping both their prices maybe open up a list where you could do that. Now, it's going to get expensive. I don't know whether you afford a third one or whether you just go straight into just doing a two-ship list, which is not very 2.0, but it's possible. Man, Lando's ability to hand out extra actions like that would be awfully good with a guy that can reposition multiple times and yeah. hit like a truck. Yeah, I think it just depends on 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 what kind of upgrades you're going to try to stick on Corrin. Um, if you know, I mean, in, in, in the 2.0 world, you can a lot of times get away with going light on upgrades, and I think that that's seems to me at least to be the correct answer most of the time now. So you could probably go fairly light on them, and you go fairly light on the Falcon on Lando, and then maybe you can stick something else in there. Um, what do you what do you think would go well in that? So achieve like an A wing, like a Jake or something, something that can yeah. really. So if they do take out your core and you still have a good benefit from that Lando action economy. Yeah, you know, I mentioned a, mentioned a sheet to be, and you could stick in the AP five. He's only yeah. What? Well, he went up a little bit, uh, thirty two points, but you know it's a cheap little coordinate ship, uh, so you can focus all those actions on those two aces and yeah. force them to have to shoot at AP five to get get rid of the action economy. That's not a bad call either. I like I like. Here's one thing I always look forward to putting together a list, right? The point of your list is to make life as difficult as possible for your opponent. So you're really looking for a list. And, you know, my archetypal one for this was always Baron, Sutra Fidel, and uh, the Decimator back in the day. Um, and what was great about that list is they had this terrible choice of who to go for first. You know, do you lay a bunch of dice into the Decimator trying to take it down knowing that it's going to take you forever? Or do you take the risky shot and try to take on the Baron, right? Who you may or may not ever hit, let alone, you know, take out of the game before the Decimator chews you up. But going back to the list we're actually talking about, it's like Corrin Horn still has that survivability, especially with the Sheet of the Peed, you know, giving him arc dodging ability, as does Lando just for being a big tanky build. So what are you going to do? Go for the Sheet of the Peed in that one? No, you're not, which means you're getting buku value out of that Sheet of the Peed doing all of its shenanigans. Shithopedigans? Is that a word? No, we're yeah, not. No, it is now. Yeah. no, not a word yet. I'm looking it up when we leave. Sure. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of options there with 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 Corin now. I mean, it, it's gonna be, I, and it's just, I'm just, I'm just happy to see him on the table. He was one of my favorites from 1.0. And well, do you think it's enough to get him on the table though? Do you think that's a big enough drop for that ship? Um, yeah, I think it is for that ship combined with all the other things that got nerfed. So. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, and there's a ton of different stuff, but, you, you know, proton torpedoes and um, trajectory simulators and whisper and redline and like all like most of the major, you know, Boba Fett, most of the major things in the meta right now all got some sort of nerf. So they're going to decrease in either uh, efficacy or just general play. So I think that's going to that that on top of point decreases for things like Corrin is going to help those those guys get out on the field because they're they're not facing as nasty an environment as they were before on, on, on to, top of being more efficient. You also have to think about the little bit of the psychology of when these things kind of happen. You just kind of develop a little bit of a hive mind. I think a lot of people, you know, spent a lot of months playing these same lists, same ships, seeing those, that stuff. This just kind of opens the door for people to just try to explore new things. Yeah. Um, and those new things will end up getting popular. So all that stuff kind of gets phased out either way. I mean, Redline still, you can fit Redline in a list, though, with advanced, you know, uh, with proton torpedoes, advanced sensors, 
and just say, well, he's a little bit more expensive, so what? He's still effective. But at the same time, you might just start looking at other ships now because they're much cheaper. Yeah. And maybe that efficiency factor can be transferred over to those ships. Yeah, and, and now that he is more expensive with everything you're going to put on him, it, it, he just leaves less room for the other stuff that made him good. I mean, Redline, let's, I mean, let's be honest, Redline's still a glass cannon. He, he goes down pretty quick. It was just harder to focus on him because you could put stuff stuff with him that was that you kind of had to also focus on. Like you couldn't leave Whisper alone or Nessa, or Sunter alone necessarily. They were going to flank up on you if you just went straight after Redline, and you might get rid of Redline, but then you got two big aces that you're dealing with for the rest of the game that you may or may not be able to actually deal with at that point. So I think that's just just w- what you can fit in with a piece like that now is is limited is more limited at least than it was you know three days ago one thing i like about this this i'm not gonna call it nerf this rebalancing is gonna be really interesting i think because what it does is sort of unsolves the meta yeah and to bring pieces like cornhorn back into the game i think you sort of have to do that right there's a certain natural pilot talent that goes into playing x-wing as a player right you know, you need to know how to maneuver, how to judge situations, how to understand lists that you may or may not have played against before. And I really like what this is doing for shaking up the meta in a way where player skill, you know, I hate to say that it trumps the person that has the most reps or has played the most games against the most things, done the most research, because I feel like those are important too. But I really kind of like bringing it back to fundamentals of flying right you know, evaluating targets, choosing the situations to do things, sort of that tactical element yeah. that I've always liked about this game, as opposed to the, you know, solving the meta and strategically knowing how to win each matchup yeah. that you're going to see. Well, and that's and that's one of the great things about 2.0 in general. And ever since they announced it, this is something I've been, I've been really excited and waiting for these points updates to happen because I wanted to see how far they were willing to go with this kind of stuff. And they've proven they were willing to go pretty far. Broadly speaking, they changed, they touched just about everything. Just about every, yeah, a lot it's like of like things stuff. that they didn't change are still affected by the ripples from the things that they did. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things I think is interesting that didn't get touched, and I'm actually really glad they didn't, is just the T-65 X-Wing. I mean, the T-65 X-Wing is a strong ship. It's seeing play. Some, were, some people were saying, oh, it's too much X-Wing. or not seeing enough of the other ships out of the Rebel faction. And that's true to some extent, but realistically, again, you know, the name of the game is X-Wing. The one thing that people complained about the most at the end of 1.0 was that you never saw X-Wings on the table. Um, so I, I think it's the fact that they recognized that they made it good and they kind of left it alone. It's like, we're going to leave this alone because we think it's good. We don't think it's too good, but we think it's good. So we're going to let it be and let it continue to hopefully be involved in the game. So. Uh, that's that. That to me was actually actually showed a lot of great restraint, which I was kind of happy about. But I mean, they touched a little bit of it because they did. I mean, after they did touch the proton torpedoes, which I think are a big big part of the X wing list itself. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, I think that is a thing. But you know, to be honest with you, after being salami slapped in that tournament by X wings, I have to admit that I've come to terms with the fact that I like them being good and I like them being versatile. Yeah. You know, it was a bit of a shock because. I wasn't used to seeing them do those sort of things. Yeah. But I don't know if you saw The Last Jedi, but like at the beginning of that one, it turns out X-Wings do all kinds of freaky things. Crazy stuff. Yes. Apparently, you can do all (laughs) kinds of wacky things with them. Yeah. Like, you know, tell Hux your mama jokes. (laughs) 
Um, so no, I'm I'm very okay with them having left it as they are. Um, I think changing the torpedoes is actually a big part of that. I think that may affect that shit more than it affects anything else. To be honest with you, um, I, I it's definitely going to affect the X-wing a lot. Um, I it it's going to affect it's going to affect a lot of stuff because honestly the honestly probably the most the one thing that you could say was the, probably the most ubiquitous piece in X-Wing 2.0 was the proton torpedoes. And that was across factions and across a number of different types of lists. It was just showing up absolutely everywhere. So I, I think it's, yeah, I mean, the, the, T, the T-65s especially, it was they were really built to use them. Um, but I don't think it's, I, I think you're going to see that across the board. It's going gonna, it's gonna to slide out of a number of lists, not, you know, or at least not in such great numbers. And I think that's the important thing is it wasn't so bad having a proton torpedo in a list. It was bad having three proton torpedoes in a list that, and that uh, can all tee off on you twice in a game. You also forced uh, the Rebel squad builder to basically go, well, what do I want as a proton torpedo carrier? Wedge and Tilly's. Yeah. What do I want? Blue Skywalker. That's it. You know yeah. what I mean? So all of a sudden, all these other X-Wing pilots that have great abilities, Biggs is still decent. You know, uh, Garvin with the passive to focus, huge action economy. Yeah. Um, I think Thane has the one ability where he can just flip cards face up, you know. Um, yeah. They, they have a lot of great abilities. So you weren't exploring some of the lower initiative ones because they were just not good proton torpedo carriers. With yeah. that out of the way, opens up those other cheaper pilots. And maybe you can build more three to four ship lists that work together. Um, yeah, and have more. Well, one of the things I was—I remember from the early days of X-wing, from from when I started playing back in my, back in day. my day. Yeah, <laughs> back in Wave Three, um, was the four ship, the four X-wing lists. That the like, you know, it was like usually it was Wedge and Luke and like a couple of rookies or whatever the mixture may be. There was diff- there was different setups for it, but that was a list that was around a lot back then. Uh, Granny didn't have as many options, but. I was kind of expecting to see more of that in 2.0, which we didn't, I think, partially because of the Proton Torpedoes. Yeah, I don't think we've quite seen non-uniques come out in the way that I thought they would. No. You know, the the unique pilots have fewer upgrades, but they're, and they're usually more, because there's fewer upgrades, there's more ships in a list per capita. But, like, I don't think we've seen non-unique ships get back in the meta as much as I thought. I mean, they're there at all, so maybe that's more than they were. But yeah, they're still not common. No, they're not super common. I mean, we, we're definitely, you know, before this points change, we were definitely living a little bit of an ace wing territory, which, you know, I, it depends on your opinion. I, I, I'm, to me, it wasn't really the end of the world. Uh, some people would love to see more generics on the table. Um, so I think we'll see some more generics on the table now uh, just because I think the overall power level of a lot of the aces has kind of come down, um, especially not being able to, like, like with the T sixty five aces in particular, you know, it being harder to utilize the proton torpedoes because they're a little more expensive. You're probably not gonna be able to fit as many of them into a list at the same time. So you might, as opposed to going with three aces full of uh, proton torpedoes, you, you go with maybe one or two and maybe a couple of uh, and a couple of generics to go along with it. So it, it might change that balance and what's more efficient to bring from a points perspective. But uh, it's, it's hard to say yet. One of the things I really love about what happened with this was some of the interesting, not so much ripple effects, but some of the ways in which they 
changed the roles of certain ships. Like one big example I'm going to give is that Vader dropped in point cost, but the one thing that you almost always played with Vader, the supernatural reflexes, you know, went up by a ton yeah. <laughs> and is pretty much unplayable on him now. It's like half the cost of it's what it's 32 points to put it on it's him 30, for a 60 point ship. Yeah, it's 32 that is, points on a on, that on is impressive. Point Vader now, I believe so. it's the most expensive upgrade now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, because they dropped Luke Gunner. I believe it's out. currently the most expensive upgrade in the game. Yeah, but what I really like what they did with that is they took Vader. I guess now Vader goes in a different direction. He doesn't do that anymore, so he has to do something else. And like I said, it really goes a long way towards that unsolving the meta. You know what I mean? Yeah. I used to refer to Baron Sunderfidel as having. You know, having auto thrusters push the limit and uh, stealth device. I called that the staple version of him because you may as well have stapled those cards together because those are the things you always played on him. Yeah. I like that they can change up the way that you play it in a much more subtle fashion than they used to. Yeah. So, like I said, all told, this seems like a pretty good change, and I'm pretty happy so far. Yeah. Well, I already thought, I mean, you know, we're waiting on on hate to come out. You know, when you're, if you're talking about Vader, so the the... the the force talent or whatever that's been previewed. So I think that hate is actually already released. Oh, is that already released? What was that? What did that? Yeah, that was uh first order. Oh, okay. That was first order. For what does it do? That was in the, uh, one of the, I'm other testing, after, I'm testing Carlos. What does that do? After you suffer one or more damage, recover that many force tokens or, or basically force. Yeah. Which I think oh, was hmm. already good on Vader. That is correct. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> which I think it's already good on Vader. Um, but now with Supernatural being priced out of existence, uh, it's definitely going to be the best option on him. You know, I think as far as the Force talents go, and then you got so you got that on Vader, and he's down to sixty-five points now. Um, what does hate cost these days? Three points. Three points. I mean, and, and that's a, the whole thing. The, the 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 balancing of Supernatural reflexes. A lot of people don't understand. It's just the fact is that all those other Force power upgrades were just not going to be used. They were yeah. never going to be used. Yeah. Supernatural Reflex was just too good. Yeah. So it became, making it, it... Go ahead. Uh, it became the new push the limit or VI, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It's you an auto-include. Yeah, you couldn't make any EPTs because they weren't that. Yeah. I mean, what was the point? After they made those two, what was the point of ever making EPTs again? Yeah. Well, interesting thing. Now, what do you guys think about the way that they the way that they did the, nerf, the, the point nerf on that? I I thought per- personally, I thought it was kind of genius adding in the sliding scale of initiative as a uh, as a way to affect point cost. I think that's awesome. I think it'd be fascinating if like they had ever done that with VI. Can you yeah. imagine if like VI cost more on a ship, you know, to push it from nine to eleven? Oh yeah, that'd you know, be incredible. Maybe they didn't let it get stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like it just, it just really shows that they're able to look outside the box and say, "How do we fix this?" You know what I mean? Because you could have just said. Supernatural reflexes. Let's make it thirty-two points, and then be done with it. But the fact is, you have um, what's it? The Inquisitor, which is a Empire ship, lower initiative. You know, is it really that powerful on a lower initiative ship? Probably not. And those mm-hmm. ships went down, so maybe you could tack it on for four points. You can pre-move, do some funky stuff. You know, that 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 makes it so that it's at least viable for some exploration on lower initiative ships. Yeah. Oh man, I want to I, I want to roll into what you say about exploration there real quick because one of the things that uh, was pointed out to me earlier today, I haven't actually looked at this list. I've only been told about it, but apparently you can fit three IG88s in a list now. 
<laughs> yeah. It's like if you don't this play sure. if you don't play A, you could play three of the other ones. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> um, I don't know if that'll be good, but like the fact I, that they gave you the option to try it now, and if it ends I, up being broken, guess what? The next day they're like, by the way, one point boost and no longer doing that. Yeah. Thanks for stopping you, by. You can fit B, C, and D all with the title and all with the now free jamming B. Yeah, the, the I was told about that. That is so jamming. cool that you can put the the jamming beam on that. Because yeah. like, what other list are you really gonna put that on? Like, for, even for zero points, like you're, maybe you can put it on some, everything and maybe never on use some it. B, maybe on a B wing. Yeah, and then never use it. Yeah. But on Iggy's, it's all of a sudden kind of interesting. Yeah. It's like so I missed, so now I'll just take like a uh, you know, flip you the bird shot on the way out. <laughs> it's like literally, if I can't run you off the road, I will give you the middle finger. <laughs> Well, it's also, I mean, the Iggy's with B's ability, it makes it makes jamming beam for free, not a terrible thing to have on there because you take your regular shot, if you miss, you get to shoot again, you shoot with your jamming beam that you didn't pay anything for, and maybe give them a jam token on the way out. Well, if, and you, if you give them a jam token, remember, you're also shooting with somebody else with that exact same pilot skill. Yeah. Like the next Iggy, all of a sudden, that shot will probably hit. Yeah. And it's actually a really interesting play style trying to, like, line up multiple mm -hmm. shots with Iggy's and use the first couple to just debilitate them. Yeah. You know, especially like, I mean, tractor beam is still a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So like one of them misses and then tractor beams, the next one somehow manages to miss and then burns their token with that mm -hmm. one. And the third one just reams them. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, you can do the control lists with this and it, I think it is kind of interesting, actually, because it's, it, you know, we saw the control list at the end of 1.0 with uh, Simeon winning worlds with it. Um, you can essentially still build that now, but being able to put three of them in there, you kind of make, you, you get two of them that are kind of your control bots, and then you can have one that's just your hitter. So it's like, I'm going to jam you and tractor beam you and that kind of stuff with two, with two of them, and then the, the last shot is going to come in and try and do the damage. Oh, it's going to get wild. I love it. It could be. It could be interesting. It could be, it could be an interesting build. But we're getting too excited. We're getting too fanboy here. Carlos, fire away on something you don't like about this. Uh, I wouldn't say don't like, but one of the ships that I no, was, you let the hate looking, flow. <laughs> was looking at was uh, Boba Fett, um, especially the way that it was set up with Marauder and uh, Han Solo Gunner. Uh, basically, more or less, that combo now is over 100 points, and you can't fit other good ships around it anymore i think that's really the big factor that that, that um, makes it unplayable is that you can't build something with it it's still obviously a great combination but you need that cheap coordinate ship you need that extra ace like ben rao maybe a forlom or something like that uh paylob and stuff like that so you can't fit that nice uh list anymore with that build out so boba fett really has been weakened um and you might not see him as much as you used to. I'm yeah. actually going to uh, I'm going to channel my inner Orlando and cheat on this one. That's actually the thing I don't like also. Cuz uh Bofet was winning tournaments, uh which affects my life not at all, but Bofet and Paylob and Forlom, as we talked about on the show already, is actually the only list I've ever played in 2.0. So they kind of hated on my only list and seeing as how I have yet to win a game with it, I don't feel like that was warranted. <laughs> Unwarranted hate. Unwarranted, yes. Yeah. What did I do to nobody? <laughs> well, it's it's interesting, you know, because we talk about the Boba Fett lists, and you know, they obviously hit on the Moldy Crow, Moldy Crow title for the uh, for the Hawks. Um, you know, six point increase—that's pretty huge. Honestly, it deserved it. I mean, giving the thing an entire three die firing arc alone 
is is huge. Let alone the, let alone also allowing it to hold on to focus tokens. Saying so, the hawk was overpowered was never a sentence that I thought I would ever say. Yeah, no, I saw never, that coming. Yeah, I never thought I would ever think that the hawk was broken, but um, it it kind of was there. So <laughs> now they yeah they raised the crow title by six points. Did they do anything to the ships themselves? That's funny because uh, like I don't still don't know that it was broken, but I'm not I'm not going with the uh, the sky is falling on this one. But it is kind of weird. It's like yeah, yeah, Payload went up by two. Torquil went up by two. Okay. Yeah, so not a lot, but enough to kind of to price them out of some lists. They really bit. broke up that list. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Rebels for went sure. up two. Kalkatarn went up by five. Oh, wow. And I don't never saw Kalkatarn. <laughs> <laughs> It's like apparently don't even know he does. What does he do? Didn't he? He's, he does sort of the same thing. Passes so the focus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um. So yeah, kind of interesting how they hit the Hawks that way. I mean, it's uh, they were enablers, you know. Um. Now this brings me to another subject that I thought was really interesting. They uh, I don't know. Have you guys seen? Did you guys see how they they ninja nerfed the uh, dash Han Gunner combo? Yes. Yeah, it was through a ruling, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so the, they released the points update, and at the same time, on the forum where they put the uh, the, the the essentially where the FAQ exists now on the forum post where they just add rules updates, um, they just go in there and just you know same time the points are dropped, everybody's focused on the points, and in there they're like, oh yeah, and by the way, Han Solo Gunner always shoots first now. You can't use your broke ass combos with him anymore. <laughs> So, yeah. uh, you know, there goes, there goes, uh, there goes a wonky, dash. weird list that yeah. felt like cheating. There goes my favorite movie characters. My two favorite movie characters are gone now. You don't like Dash Rendar or uh, Kyle Katarn? Or was it Dash Rendar and Rourke Garnett? My two favorite, oh, yes. two favorite movie Rourke, characters. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Dash had a book and a video game, but you know. I think he's in fan films. Yeah, he's definitely in some fan films. You know, sure. a lot, a lot of internet <laughs> movies about him. Yeah. So, so, anyways, I just thought that was really interesting how they just kind of dropped that in there in the back door, like it wasn't in the article. Back door, eh? Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was just an interesting way to to hit that. All right. So for less subtle things, though. Um. So we removed crew from Whisper. Carlos, yes. how you feeling about that? I love me some Whisper. What's going on? Uh, yeah, fifth brother's still okay, I guess. He's the only yeah. gunner that can work with her, but... Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think, it's... I think be there'll be some more... Uh, there'll be some more stuff out down the line in that in that, in that that gunner slot. Um, but I think fifth, gr- fifth brother, I feel like, may actually be the proper um, power level. For for that slot for that for whisper, but he's super cheap too. Isn't he like three points or? No no no. He's more. He's. Uh, I want to say he's like nine or something like he that. He got he got dropped uh, from twelve, I believe. So yeah, I, I think mean, he went it's, from. It's better now. Yeah. Yeah, he went from uh, twelve to nine. So okay. you know you put it you, you put a nine point guy in there. So you, it's a little you know a little less than what you were spending on uh, on Vader before, anyways. Uh, you know Vader being fourteen. So. It's five points less than what you spent on Vader, so you get a little more points in your list. You get a thing that's much more fair, I think, on the power level curve. Um, it was, it I mean, Whisper was just so good, where it's like you either lose your green token or you take a damage. Is 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 was just really gross. <laughs> I do know somebody that was crying that you can't put Sloan on there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Travis, Travis Cooper. Yeah, yeah, somebody, mm-hmm. we, somebody we know. 
had a had a Sloan swarm that he was so so proud of. He just heard his name on this podcast, and all of a sudden, he's like, "Yeah, I'm famous." <laughs> oh man! So, how do we feel about the number, or even looking at it as a percentage of the things that got changed? Too high, too low? You think they were being proactive? You think they were being overreactive? What do we think there? Um, I think I have yet to really look at anything on here and, and like super disagree with what they did. So in that regard, I would say I, I think they did a pretty good job of, of balancing it out. Um, you know, there's some arguments that can be made one way or the other on a few things, but I, th- I think they did, got pretty close. I was surprised. I was just surprised at the level of changes. I mean, I was like, okay, well, maybe they'll, you know, balance four or five different things. They won't touch the stuff that hasn't been played because they're like, well, let's see if lowering those other things will open up the door. They yeah. just went all out and just said, you know what, yeah. we're going to shake things up. I'm, I mean, they I did. love that. The, yeah. Totally. It is funny. It's some of the things they didn't touch, though, because, like, I don't know that tie strikers are being played ever or whether or not uh, the tie aggressor. That was an interesting one that didn't get a price change. Yeah, well, they didn't change the striker. I I feel like that may have a little bit to do with um, with hyperspace, since that is a hyperspace ship, and they probably didn't. I mean, it's not seeing a lot of play at the moment, but it's going to have to see probably a lot more play coming up in the, in the hyperspace seasons. That's so, interesting that they... Yeah, I wonder if there was sort of a move to not touch hyperspace as much as they touched everything else, or as much as they touched extended. Well, because they also didn't touch TIE Fighters at all. So, you know, you got TIE Fighters and TIE Strikers, which are both hyperspace ships. They didn't touch any of the prices of X-Wings either, did they? Nope, no X-Wings got touched. Um, The Reaper Reaper. didn't get touched. Looks like they actually stayed away from hyperspace ships, other than some specific examples. Other than the the TIE Advanced Invader specifically. The the Millennium Falcon got changed a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think what they did is they looked at, well, what are the options that probably wouldn't be used as much? Yeah. Um, And they kind of, you know, toyed around with that. Obviously, you know, the um, TIE Silencer as well got dropped, um, which was... Probably. Oh, and the uh, Star Fortress. Yeah, I uh, got dropped too. Those are the two major things that got dropped from. The I don't know. Stuff. I don't know about the actually the Star Fortress. Maybe the one place where I would argue, like, I didn't really think they needed to touch that one. It it already kind of seemed like it was. That's the resistance bomber. That's thing, the right? resistance bomber. Yeah, yeah. It, it already seemed like it was gonna be kind of a thing in hyperspace. And I, I don't know. I didn't. I, I didn't really get the point drop on that one. Uh, I, you know where I think the point drop comes on that one is that they upped the point cost of trajectory simulators. Oh, there it is. Nike ton. Yeah, they did. You, know, you know, know what? It's like I think they wanted to make it so that uh, they're still uh, playable. Yeah. Well, I really like that they're they're doing that as a specialization thing. You know what I mean? Where they're like, we don't necessarily want. I always said 1.0 the trajectory simulator should have been bomber only. You know, yeah. give them a function, give them a thing that makes them unique. You know. Give them something thematic that makes them special. Yeah. And they kind of have now because yeah. I don't know that you can play trajectory on anything now because it's too dang expensive. Except that ship because that ship's probably undercosted. Yeah. Um, now but, that may be the case. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> uh, all I'm going to say is fuck trajectory simulators. But that's that's just me. So. I, I'm actually, we're going to do one that's. One of the things we do on this show is that we point out that Joe doesn't actually know anything about X-Wing and that I'm winging this entire thing. <laughs> so the Star Fortress has five unique pilots? Uh, it does, yeah. Are we, do we just make up all of them? Like, Because uh, remember all those really cool like uh, Resistance Bomber pilots yes. from the movie that didn't have names that no one's ever heard of that don't do anything and are yeah. on the screen for two seconds? Yeah. yeah. 
there is now more total pilots, and I've spent more time thinking about them than they get screen time in the entire yes eight movies we have now. Yes, mm-hmm. and also the one time we've seen the uh, uh, the Star Fortress on camera, I didn't. I, I remember very specifically it not being able to launch bombs. I remember like yeah, that was like whole, the point. The yes. whole point of the thing was that it had to get on top of something and 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 just drop them on them. It, it's so so the whole trajectory simulator thing was really just. Never, never. Well, no, no, no. You just never made you, any sense. No, to me. no, no. It's your fault, Steve. You actually put the bomber together wrong when you took it out of the box. Like you did it with like the tail fin pointing down. That's supposed to point up. The trajectory simulator makes the bombs fall oh, down. Joe, Joe, you made a mistake here already. Yeah, no. I never bought that ship. <laughs> and never will. I still don't have it. You know what? I don't think Travis does either. Yeah. I don't think we even know anyone that owns one. We might not. Uh, <laughs> Gage? Gage? But. No, no, probably not. I don't know. Maybe. God, no one does. What uh, if I want to play this thing? Who am I going to borrow it from? I don't know. You have to go buy one yourself. Uh, I will not buy it. Uh, I didn't see it in the store, though. Well, you go on Amazon or something. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. We will not be. No, yeah. no internet. Uh, we're getting a little off topic, though. But uh, also, there's a bunch of. T- t- why do they have so many unique pilots in this faction? Like, <laughs> because nobody they, gets they only got four fucking ships. Yeah, so. That's true. They, I mean, they, they basically, I think they had to go crazy with the uniques on all these guys. Just oh, and they have a version of C-3PO also? Yeah, they have their own. Their oh, own I didn't C-3PO. recognize him with his red arm. Oh. <laughs> just oh, in case you didn't man. recognize me, sir. I don't know anything about X-Wing. Um. <laughs> well, you haven't really looked at this stuff yet. I mean, it's yeah, this is weird. all Greek to me. Yeah. It's all Oribesh <laughs> to me. So I do think, um, I will say from the little bit of experience I've had with the silencer, um, that I, I think the point decrease was necessary on that ship. It it didn't fit. It needs to be more of a, you know, again, because this faction only has four ships, like it and Resistance, you know, they're low on ships. There can't be a bad ship, really, in the lineup, or it's going to drag the entire faction down. Um, and I think the silencer was a little overcosted for for that purpose. Now, does anybody have any idea why you can't put a mod on it anymore? Um. Wow, they did take away the modification. What, what mod were you, were you playing a mod on there, Steve? When you were playing it the other day? Um, I wasn't playing. Actually, was not playing a mod on it. Carlos, can you think of a mod that shouldn't be on there that makes them take that away, or is that just how they justified the point drop? Maybe, a, maybe afterburners. I don't know. I mean, it already they has did drop the price on afterburners. Yeah. Yeah, but afterburners are really nice to have. Yeah, it does seem oddly specific, though, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. Uh, it is also, weird. oddly specific, why can't you put a talent on... Is that TN? No, on, is that Null? No. I can read yes. all the yeah, yeah, why can't Null took, have a talent uh, now? They took, the, they took the talent off Null because of um, Squad Leader. Because people pe- people were using Null to do Pilot Skill 7 or Initiative 7 uh, coordinates. Um, and um, the other thing with that is that you could put the... Um, what was that? The uh, Biohexacrypt codes on them. Which would allow him to do that. I think cord- you made that up. That's no, not a thing. I wish I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, there it's actually at the bottom of this page. Yeah, I no told shit. You. Yeah. So, so the biohexacrypt codes would Surreal. let you would let you take a would let you target it's lock real your own Star ship. Wars gets. I mean, you could you could target lock your own ship anyways, but if you target lock your own ship, it, it could fly away from you across the board, and then whenever you felt like it, you could spend that target lock to coordinate it from a, from anywhere on the board. <laughs> <laughs> Seems oddly specific too, but what yeah, do I know about yeah. nothing? I mean, it was a, it's a cool upgrade, and, and actually, that's the whole reason it's not legal. Probably the entire reason it's not legal in the hyperspace format 
It's it's the only card in the first in the two in the <laughs> resistance and first order combined that's not legal in hyperspace. I mean, it's got some really it's got some real potential for brokenness, especially combined with null with null. Now but you've been on Wikipedia. What is the biohexacrypt codes? Um, I think <laughs> I think those are the codes that they had to crack to get through the shields of the uh, the giant ship in the Last uh-huh. Jedi. I believe that's what those were, but I'm, you know, I, I think. Well, don't hold me to that. I am going to look that up later, and I am going to be merciless if you're wrong. That's fine. Go ahead. All right. So, I mean, to summarize all this, I actually think the point, the point changes were great, actually. And I like to hate on everything, and I still think they did a good job. And so what I really loved was the article they put out describing how they arrived at what was winning, what wasn't. It was the first time I've seen FFG, from what I can tell, actually look at data from tournaments and, you know, watch games and follow what's going on. So I'll give mad props on that. Um, for things about it that I don't like, you know, I'm pretty pretty okay with it. I'd rather hit Boba Fett just because I like Boba Fett. I feel like he's the face of the franchise as regards to that faction. Yeah. But, I mean, he still could be. He's just going to have to do it differently. Yeah. Um, exactly. It's just changing that mindset um, is what really I, I am excited about. Is that Boba Fett will still be good. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, how we're going to set them up now. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be that list anymore. Well, I think there's a lot of mindset changers in here. So, it, you know, th- there's a lot of stuff in here that's like, I can still do it. It costs more and it's going to change what I can kit out along with it. Um, but it's, uh, it's going to make you think of, it's going to make you rethink all these lists that people had thought were the top of the, you know, top of the meta anyways. And it's so interesting because they kind of, I mean, they borrowed, they didn't, necessarily borrow this idea from destiny you know who knows which one they decided to do first but destiny does something similar where they repoint value their characters when they turn out to be broken this one they're doing the same thing but they're also making some characters better which is really kind of neat i like what they're doing with that you know what i mean so i think it's all good stuff actually i'm pretty excited about all this um does it make you guys you guys have a list in mind something that you couldn't put together before that now all of a sudden sounds good because i'm doing double falcon this is just happening (laughs) or at the very Uh, least double falcon like I said, it was one of the first lists I've put that's, together. That's funny, because I thought I was just being weird. But now I loved Devil Falcon back in the day. That was so much fun. Yeah, I mean, nothing's popped immediately into my mind. Although, I do want to I do want to experiment some more with Vader now. Um, yeah, I think Vader's going to be cool. And I think I, th- I think him, I think he's going to be cool. I mean, I think people, you just got to get it out of your head that just don't use supernatural reflexes. You just got to get that out, out, out of there. So For a good laugh for our listening audiences, until this morning, I didn't actually know what Supernatural Reflexes was or why I should care. <laughs> and then Travis explained it to me, and then I felt silly. <laughs> yeah. It was like, that thing. does seem like that would be good. He's it, like, it was very good, yeah. Do you have any idea what you're talking about? I'm like, nah, but you keep talking, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break. Um, yeah, I'm out of beer. Yeah, we got to get refilling the beer. Um, we're going to throw it over to the news center. Oh, we got some coke. We got to hear about what good Florida stuff in up Florida to this, this week. week. Um, the meth must flow. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right, we'll be back, guys. This week in Florida, a Deerfield beach man drove his Ferrari into the Intracoastal in Palm Beach and told police it was because Jesus told me to. James Muchiacho of Deerfield Beach was approached by a police officer as he was removing items from his Ferrari, which was parked on a public dock. Muchiacho told the officer that his friend told him to park on the dock so he could pick him up by boat. When told he could not park on the dock, Muchiacho apologized and began to retrieve his driver's license from the Italian sports car. He then proceeded to reverse off the dock, 
then put the car into drive and accelerated at high speed into the Palm Beach Inlet. Muchacho was able to get out of the car before it sank and was pulled from the water by two fishermen in a nearby boat. When the officer asked Muchiacho why he drove into the inlet, he stated, Jesus told me to drive through a small gate and into a six-foot window. He also said, Jesus made me the smartest man on earth and it's so hard to have this much responsibility and money is going to be irrelevant in two days. Remember to smile. He also stated that the reason he drove into the inlet is because the officer on the dock was Egyptian and he did not believe in Jesus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Florida Man Plays X-Wing. It's the second half of our episode. Um, ton of stuff going on today. We already uh, we did a lot of talk about the points updates in the first half of the episode. This half of the episode, um, we're probably still going to be talking about points updates to some degree. But It'll be relevant, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be relevant to the conversation in general. But we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what happened this past weekend in Phoenix at the System Open and the Hyperspace Qualifier. Um of the two, I think the hyperspace qualifier is going to be the more interesting thing to talk about just because, one, it's a lot of stuff that didn't get point adjusted as much. And two, it's obviously going to have a lot more impact on the hyperspace uh, trial season that's about to start. Um, and uh, everybody's going to be looking. This is the first real good hyperspace data we've seen since uh, since it was announced. So. It, it, this is kind of an interesting thing to show what's what's going to be happening in the hyperspace uh, trials. Now, Carlos, on. hit me with some knowledge here. What was the difference between the system open and the hyperspace trial? What 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 are those? So, yeah, so the main thing is uh, system open series now has two major tournaments. The first tournament is the system open, uh, which will be an extended format. It's a two day tournament. So everything uh, goes so right. Yeah, so everything goes. Uh, the first day, basically, you uh, have a top. I believe it's everybody that's four and two. I, I'm not. I don't have the specifics, but basically, a certain group of people get to move on to uh, day two, which play a couple of runs and then do a top eight cut, I believe. Um, and now on that think, second day, go ahead. I actually think it's five and one, um, and then it was it's five it's, and one. Anybody who's at least five and one, so the cut can be kind of weird. And there's people that get because um, it's not necessarily a normal even cut like sixteen, eight, sixteen, thirty-two. Like I think in Phoenix they had like. 24 in the cut or something like that so they so basically anything anybody below the top 16 um had to do like a play-in round or what however they however you have to work out that math in order to make it work but there's there was i, I know exactly what, yeah i know exactly what you're talking about now yeah <laughs> it, it, so basically more or less it's like um people make the cut into day two and on day two they're also running at the same time a hyperspace qualifier that hyperspace qualifier is only the hyperspace format uh so it's everything uh basically new factions will probably include everything rebel empire scum you can see there's a limited number of ships that are available for that um and that is basically the uh the importance of that is that if you go undefeated in that tournament you get a pass to worlds um now you can jump to hyperspace as they call it where basically if you're on day two of the system open you basically once you lose out of the that tournament you can jump to hyperspace and go to the hyperspace qualifier and start that following round with an undefeated record so no the long yeah the longer you go and the system's open the better your chances are to go ahead and also get that undefeated record for the hyperspace qualifier. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, this happened this past weekend in Phoenix? Yeah. That's correct. Ah. So the Royal Rumble, didn't it? 
Yeah, and it, the Royal Rumble did also happen in Phoenix. Apparently, it it's was a very big weekend. Apparently, it was very close too. It was only like a ten or fifteen minute drive from the venue. So if you got knocked out of the system open, you could go play in the hyperspace trial, and if you lost in that one since you couldn't go to Worlds, you could then enter the arena and just, jump into the Royal Rumble for an attempt to win the championship belt. Yeah, it was it was oh, all possible man, in Phoenix this weekend. Man, everything's on the line. <laughs> all right, yeah. cool. Um. <laughs> now, the, yeah, and the other thing too is in the hyper in the uh, the actual system open, um, everybody who makes the top eight gets that uh, spot at Worlds as well. So uh-huh. ma- making the top eight cut gets you into Worlds in the system open. Going undefeated six and zero in the hyperspace qualifier gets you into Worlds as well. And how many of these tournaments are they planning on having? Um, they haven't given like an official number, but they have a number more, a number of them planned. Um, I can look up the list if you two want to talk to amongst yourselves for a minute. All right. Well, let's take a look at this. I'm looking at this top eight list that Steve pulled up, you know, the top eight ones from the, this is the hyperspace trial, right? These are the ones that are hyperspace legal. I think it's really interesting. And as an outsider looking at it, I like that there seems to be a really good variety of lists in here already. It looks like in this top eight. Four of the five factions are represented, which seems pretty good. Um, there seems to be different ships being flown for each. Certain things seem to be a little more popular than others, but not by a lot. I mean, Carlos, what's your take on this? Is this a pretty healthy-looking meta? Uh, so for the hyperspace uh, system, especially now with the points update, I'm looking at a lot of lists here, and I just don't uh, see anything that stands out as, oh, this is broken. I know a lot of people are talking about this new boogeyman, uh, and you see it right there at the top. It's three upsalons. Um, I was told about that. Basically, that's one that just gets a huge alpha strike by being able to start farther up in the board with a large base ship and just basically right. just jump pounces on your opponent. Right, and and this is the stuff that we talked about earlier in the episode where basically a lot of that stuff is being removed out of that extended meta where you basically are not having these high proton torpedo alpha strike lists in there, so it opens up the door to other lists. This obviously kind of hurts that a little bit. Now, in theory, um, I think one of the things that I I think will change is that the approach on how to fly against it um, is basically very new. It's kind of like that jump master, triple jump masters. Everybody just kind of sat there with their jaw dropped and didn't understand that if you just jousted them, they would destroy you. Uh, here, you don't really have a choice. But yeah, I was going to say, time, it seems hard to play around something that sets up after you with the intention of just being on top of you immediately. You know what I mean? But that's why turn zero is important. So, you know, making sure your rock placement is correct, making sure your ship placement is correct, because I think this list will really fall apart if you have two good endgame pieces. You'll say, pick one or the other. I'm going to place them on opposite sides, when you choose the one of those, the other guy's going to get right behind all these slow ships that can't turn around and just pick them apart one by one. I think that that, in theory, it sounds easy. Maybe yeah. it's, on, it's a little bit harder to do on the board, but well, I just this think is, that... This is one, one of those... things it is, is it's hard to do, but it's also long to do. I mean, these things have a large amount of health, right? They're, what, 12 each? Yeah, it's 36 health. It's 36 total health, yeah. and, you know, around only lasts an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. This list was literally just daring you to, to do enough damage to it in, in 75 minutes. I, this this is a list that if you have any sort of ace in your squad, you're going to, if you had an unlimited time, like in a final, like in a, it's a much longer time limit. I think these, these lists are going to have a much harder time yeah. because there'll be 
that one ace and that that they just won't be able to do anything about that'll pick them apart. Well, I can slowly. see like a wedge, you know, reducing them, but a total of zero agility yeah. being pretty pretty effective here. Yeah. So there's there's a I mean really pick your ace. I mean any ace that can outmaneuver yeah. these things is is just going to eventually pick them apart. It's just based on the time limit. Like, can you do enough damage in 75 minutes? And you know, just can you do it basically? And I don't think uh, <laughs> these guys, you know, that, and that's that's what the whole plan is. The whole plan with the squad, it's it's just living as long as you can. I mean, uh, you know, how much of that damage can you can you just avoid? Or you know, how much you just needed to kill enough stuff and make it hard for them to take out your your 36 health. I mean. You know what I think would actually be good against this list? Which is funny. I'm going to suggest some way to beat them because, like, I won't be able to do it, but the triple Iggy list might actually be good here. It <laughs> could be. It's like the triple Iggy list, they're not going to be able to take out one of them when they're alpha strike. And you know what? That whole control mechanism we talked about being able to shoot off their tokens and tractor beam, probably going to be pretty brutally effective against these one agility ships. You know what I mean? Yeah. So pretty brutally effective being, like, the least uh, committal answer there. But, yeah. you know. By the way, I looked it up. There are 17 system opens. Wow. Okay. For, so. That have been scheduled. Uh, three three of them have happened now, including Phoenix. Um, so, so there's at least 14 more of these left, and they're all are these international or are yeah, these? these are all over the place. So the first one was in actually in Poland, back in November. Then there was Pax Unplugged here in the in Philly in uh, the end of November, early December, and then Phoenix that just happened. Uh, the next one up is Toronto. Then Netherlands, Adepticon, blah, blah, blah. There's only one that's important, which is... The <laughs> There's one only one that we really care about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. That'll be in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, we will all be there. So if you have any extra beer while you're there that you need to get rid of before the drive home, I would like to volunteer my services. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty good at drinking beer. <laughs> So, so yeah, so we see that there's this the, the triple Epsilon list. The Epsilons in general, I mean, are look like they're kind of making an impact. I think uh, you see most, pretty much all the first order lists contain one. Um, so it's obviously a good ship. It it may be the the kind of the the best piece of the of the first order. Well, I mean, how do they stack up points wise against the the repoint costed silencer? Oh, uh, let's see. I mean, is it one of those things where you might be able to replace that one of them with that and be able to shore up that end game where you actually have an ace that can fight at the end? Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. Uh, Lieutenant Tavson, which is a, you know, the most commonly played one, probably um, either that or just a regular Starkiller base pilot. Is it? Uh, so he's at sixty-two points. The Starkiller base pilot's at fifty-six. Um, so, f you know, it's definitely a lot cheaper than. Uh, Kylo Ren. Oh gosh, why is Kylo Ren so much more than the guy? Went because below? he has force. Oh. Yeah. If anything, anything that has a force, they, they've been, and, and this is one of the things I think they've been a little, maybe a little on the, on the over cautious, sensitive side is is things ships that have force tokens, really kind of inflating their costs compared to the other ships in, in the on the chassis, or the other pilots on the chassis. So, the the thing that I think is kind of an issue with that is that pretty much all of these. Uh, these people's pilot abilities are based off of the force tokens. They generally speaking have to spend their force tokens in order to, you know, do outside of Luke, he just gains force tokens. But, um, but like Vader and Kylo have to spend their force tokens in order to do their actual ability. So to me, it's kind of like, 
that's no different than anybody else's ability. It just has a, a it just has a charge effect to it essentially. Yeah. So I, I don't really like the overcosting of those force two, users. Yeah. yeah of, of some of the force users, not all of them, but like like I think Luke's probably fine, but just be, just because he is actually just he is actually really using his force for what it's supposed to be or his normal use essentially. Yeah, for it, you know, um, making him more consistently good yeah, at everything. Yeah, exactly. So being a bit of a Pollyanna. But Kylo and Vader don't, you know, they're 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 spending their force to do their trick, and um, like every other unique pilot out there has a trick, and they don't have an inflated point cost just because they, just because of their pilot skills. Some, I mean, some do, but for the most part, they're all on a pretty even scale up the up the initiative ladder. So, anyways, I, I just think they went a little bit overboard on on the original pricing of some of the force users, but we'll we'll see how that plays out over time. That is true. Now, Carlos, you pointed out an interesting statistic about the top twenty at this, uh, this hyperspace. What was the uh, what was weird about that? Yeah, uh, no empire list whatsoever. Um, it's uh, it's been a really big problem trying to figure out what the hyperspace identity is for the empire. Uh, a lot of people, obviously, the first you know thought is where are the swarms? You know, where are the house swarms? Where's your you know tie fighter swarms? But um, I guess people are just not bringing it to the table. I mean, is there just, what's the difference, what, why is that a thing in hyperspace and not a thing in extended, in your opinion? Why isn't it either? Uh, well, the one difference in extended, I think, is the uh, fact of um, the different ace pilots and, you know, Whisper, uh, your Fell, um, and a lot of different cheap options that you can bring, um, very highly effective ships. Um, there isn't really anything like that besides Vader in hyperspace. Um, so I'm not really sure what the identity needs to be, but uh, something obviously needs to be kind of figured out. Right now, they're just not bringing anything to the table. Other people aren't. I mean, there's nobody's really exploring the Tie Reaper. I don't think. Uh, I think there's more than meets the eye for that ship. Uh, it's a good support ship. Um, and then obviously the uh, the Tie Strikers specifically pure sabacc might be something to look at uh mainly since it's a four dice attack unless you shoot at it and do some damage um so maybe you can set it up where you pick and choose you know where you want to shoot a vader or do you want to shoot a pure sabacc you know and and kind of again make those hard decisions uh so that you can have an advantage yeah i think it's interesting the um i think vermeil is going to be is going to kind of end up being the best vader crew carrier now um so that could be kind of interesting to see how that plays out um i don't know is vader crew even hyperspace legal actually that's a good question. i don't think so yeah it isn't no um now the other interesting thing i just scrolled down this list and uh there's one missing list in the in the, it's 38 um i don't know what travis hailstone played there but down at 42 with three wins is the first imperial list I was able to find. Forty-two out of how many participants? Uh, Forty-two in this out of uh, one hundred and seventeen, I think. One hundred and seventeen. Wow. So a little, I mean, a little over halfway up the the list, but not much. But not not by by much. as much as you might want. And that's the first imperial list I found on here. <laughs> now, and it was a, uh, it was a kind of a tie swarm variant. It looks like it's a seven ties. It's Major Vermeil and Juke, and then three academies and Obsidian. And two black aces with crack shot, so you know it's a seven tie swarm variant essentially. But 
Yeah, that's that's pretty far down the list uh, before you find a single Imperial uh, squad. <laughs> that is staggering. I mean, yeah. there are five factions to balance. I mean, somebody's going to be the dog in the, the, the bunch, right? Yeah, yeah. There's five soon to be, what, seven coming up soon? Yeah. Hey, I said dog of the bunch, and the dog barks. I like this. This yeah, is good radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's going to be seven factions soon. I don't know. Do you think they're going to be somewhere in the middle of the mix? Do you think they'll be behind Imperials? I mean, do we really think that we, the Imperials gained a whole lot from the point restructure? Or anything that's relevant to hyperspace? Um, I mean, Vader is relevant to hyperspace. Um, True. Him coming down a few points might make a difference. Um I mean, he didn't come down a lot. He only came down five, but who knows? That that, that could make make some sort of difference. Um, I think the biggest problem. I think I think the biggest problem is that the the is that the Imperials didn't get really any of their good ships. You know, they they didn't get any of the any of their stuff that was doing well in the meta. Uh, none of it really. What's available to them in hyperspace? So it's the Reaper because that came in at the end of 2.0. Right? Yeah, it's the Reaper. It's, it's the tie, the regular ties and the tie advanced because they're in the the core set. Yeah, and the tie striker. And the um, tie striker. The tie striker is going to be an expansion pack available with Wave Three. Um, so that's why they're putting it in hyperspace. They're they are making that's, it. That's a, a pretty weak selection, basis. really. Yeah, I mean, especially I don't know that now that I know that that I'm all that surprised they're not showing up. Yeah, I mean, I think. Probably the most viable list out of the out of the Imperials is going to be Tie Swarms, um, and it, that can be really good. Imperial list since time immemorial. It, it has, but those those lists uh, a, a good Tie Swarm in the in the hands of a good Tie Swarm player is can be very good. Now the problem is I don't think you're going to find a lot of really good Tie Swarm players out there just because it's been such an uncom- uncommon type of list essentially since wave four came out of 1.0 that uh, most of the players who came in in after, you know, post wave four never saw them really never learned how to fly them. And they think about I mean, X-Wing. it phased out by that. Point, yeah. They think about X-Wing a lot differently than, um, than somebody, some of the guys who played in uh, the pre wave four days and actually played with and against high swarms a lot. So it's, I don't think you're going to see a lot of players pick it up, but it's, a super good list and the players that um are to do pick it up and do take the time to learn it i think can do very well with it but i wonder if it's good against this hyperspace meta that we're kind of seeing so far i mean granted point cost will change everything you know once those all come into effect but i mean tie swarms have always traditionally liked to fight big ships and it looks like big ships are a thing in this yeah. you know i mean you're looking at a lot of those upsilon shuttles you're looking at a falcon that's made to the top eight yeah you know coming at six i feel like they could be good although i bet they struggle with luke <laughs> yeah, Luke's probably like a little Luke bit getting, of a pain. Uh, Luke seems like he doesn't really feel that bad about seeing a tie swarm, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Probably not. And that, but that's probably a good thing balancing wise. I mean, it was kind of one of the things is that in in the old days with tie swarms, there wasn't there was there was really nothing you could do about it. In the pre wave four days, it was if if a tie swarm showed up and the person you were playing against like really knew what they were doing. You, you pretty much had no chance. It, it, it was it was the broken list of the first three waves, right? Um, so it, it's you know I, I'm glad that there's some stuff that it, that can deal with it. Like I think, like you said, I think Luke does kind of laugh at a tie swarm oh, yeah. for the most part. I mean, he's going to take some damage, and they can whittle him down. But can they whittle him down fast enough before him and his other buddies 
start picking off TIE fighters left and right. So, yeah, it's a damage race. But um, the interesting thing is uh, with the Upsilons, and this is where it might get <laughs> this is where it might get tricky for TIE swarms and hyperspace is the Upsilons is because of the reinforce action. I'm just um, thinking that it's like just feel like now is that on that's available to the epsilons? Yeah, that's a built-in oh, action yeah, on all the epsilons. That's gonna be a thing. Yeah, I was thinking about <laughs> sort of the decimator would be a thing against them. You know, just being able to do that reinforce action. Yeah, and just have that kind of having the one-shot ability kind of firepower. Mm -hmm. But you know, well, I guess time will tell. Yeah. So so an epsilon with 12, 12 health essentially and a reinforced token could take an entire like swarms like range two or three shots like seven of them and at the most take seven damage because it's gonna it's that that reinforce will block if they roll perfect dice and don't roll a single blank across all seven ships they're you know they'll do they've seven done damage. half they've, damage they've to done one of them. barely done half damage to one of them and then meanwhile they're taking three four die shots back that's probably taking out one maybe two tie fighters a turn Oof. um so that could be really problematic for the tie for the tie swarm if the triple epsilons really become as uh on the present as they may end up being in hyperspace hmm well hyperspace would be an interesting thing to see shake out and we've got how many of them are there between now and when we go to ours in may i mean how, how much data are we going to be able to look at and see and sort of how how long do we have of the meta sinking in? Yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be a fair amount. Um, the hyperspace trials, I think, start in April. Is that correct, Carlos? I think they're starting soon. Actually, uh, early as March, as as far as I know. Yeah, they might start. Um, they might start sometime in March. So there's definitely going to be a number of them that happen between uh, now and and our, and the system open that we go to. We'll probably have gone to some hyperspace. Honestly, we're, I think we have some hyperspace trials that we'll have gone to by the time we even go to the system. Yeah, open. at least one. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's one in uh, April. Well, there's two in Florida. They yeah, there's two in Florida. One in March and one in April. Yeah. When's the um? Is one of them the Get Your Fun On one? Uh, no, one of the hyperspace trials is in Waterford, uh, in Orlando. At Cool Stuff, and I'm then, guessing. Yep, at Cool Stuff okay. Inc. And then the other one is somewhere in South Florida to be determined. Yeah, they haven't gotten a location on that one TBD. yet. TBD. Yeah. All um, right. And then we have, there is season two, which uh, there'll be different stores that will get the hyperspace trials in season two, but we'll be talking probably about, they'll have changed the hyperspace legal lists probably at that point, and so it'll be a whole different thing. All right, so we touched on the biggest news, which I think is the point difference. We touched on a couple of things that happened over the weekend, you know, the two tournaments that took place right next to the big tournament, which is to say the Royal Rumble. Um, I love how I'm like playing stuff as if I care about wrestling, but, <laughs> but what are the things that we want to touch on? We had, uh, we talked about talking about some of the stuff that came up for the CSI, uh, droid army, right? Oh yeah. The new separatist article. Yep. Yep. Um, how much of that do we feel like is going to be a big deal? The only thing I really wanted to mention on that one is I really do think the soulless one is one of the best upgrades that the game's come out with so far. Uh, yeah, soulless one looks pretty good. And I that, think being able to put impervium plating on top of two extra hull just changes that other card immensely and makes that something worth playing. Um, as far as the droid brain stuff, I think Kraken's going to be amazing. He's the one that lets you keep uh, calculate tokens, which is going to just change that the whole nature of that list. It'll be interesting to see what they can play that on. 
Yeah, uh, Kraken is. Uh, I think Kraken is going to be a pretty key element uh, in the Separatist armies. I like the other Droid Brain one, but the fact that they are solid, you know, solitary means you're not going to see them. Yeah. Steve, what did you? What were your hot takes on this article? Um, I, I totally agree with Kraken. I think Kraken is going to be just huge in these lists. Um, everything that these ships do plays off of having calculate tokens and being able to hold on to some, uh, every calculate token, these ships can get their hands on. They're going to make use of, they're going to find some way. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to yeah, be right on that. with it. Um, I really like the, uh, I actually really like these energy shell charges. Um, these things are depending on the point cost. Um, these things are going to make those vulture droids, really kind of have some bite. Oh, I think they're an amazing card. The point cost is where it'll come down to, especially yeah. when you're looking at a ship that you want to spend as little as possible on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ships that you'd like to be as efficient as they could possibly be, a difference between one to two points on those things mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah, just just not having to count on a target lock. So being able to just have your calculate, you just have to have your calculate to be able to do it which you're going to have on these ships. Oh, and the fact that you can infinitely reload them is not... Nothing. Yeah, and you can infinitely reload it with no downside other than just take using an action. So you are you can continually shoot them. You don't get disarms. Um, it, these are the, And it's just giving you that range three and two and three, three dice attacks. And it's it has the missile icon, which means you're not getting your bonus defense die against it at range three either. So if I had to say... I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, oh, if I was to say there's anything I don't like about them, they feel a little pushed. They feel like these are maybe a bit above the curve. But, you know. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. What was that, Carlos? One of the biggest things I think that um, I got from this article was the new strain token. And also oh, yeah. the new gas cloud obstacles. Yeah. So now we're going to have, even beyond the fact that we're getting two new factions, we also have now new obstacles to place on the board that trigger uh, different abilities. What people are calling 1.0 auto thrusters. Yeah. Um, And then also the strain um, tokens. Carlos, refresh my memory. What what does strain do? Do we know exactly yet? Yeah. uh, Strain. I'm going to try to wing it here. It looks like you roll an additional attack die. uh, I'm sorry, defense die. And okay. one of your dies turns into an evade result. Oh, that's the that's when you shoot through the gas cloud. The gas cloud. Sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, the strain had to do something with. Uh, removing... I think it just um, takes away uh, an evade die, but it's like it's yeah. like a once it's like a one time thing. So it takes away an evade die and then it goes away. If you don't get shot at and you have it, it stays until you do a blue maneuver. You can clear yes. it with a blue maneuver. Okay, that's interesting. So it's kind of like a weird mix between a tractor beam and a stress token. Uh, <laughs> um, a little complicated for my taste, but not bad. I like yeah, it. Yeah. It's um, an interesting ripple. Yeah, my big question is what is going to happen when you run over the, one of these gas clouds? That was not in the article. Didn't say whether you get stressed like no. you did for a debris. Yeah. Uh, no my, assu- my, my assumption is it's going to be getting a strain token. Right, that's my speculation it, as well. I could see that. So I, you know, that just makes sense. It's a new mechanic. It goes along with it. I, the, I don't know if there'll be any. Maybe you don't have to roll any damage. I mean, I, I, it's a gas cloud. I mean, <laughs> but you know, I think I think you're probably gonna get the strain token um, at least. So, the, my the other question I have is, can you clear 
strain tokens and stress tokens at the same on the same blue maneuver, or is it going to be a pick one thing? Hmm. Yeah, I don't see the reason why it would, but you know, yeah, that's interesting. We'll see it's, that updated in the rules reference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's 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 just another that's just questions that I'm sure they'll answer soon enough. But um, but yeah, I think uh, the gas clouds look pretty cool. It's some new, I I always love having new obstacle shapes to play with. Um, I th- I think uh, obstacles and obstacle placement and stuff is like kind of a fun part of the game for me. And um, I actually enjoy having some weirdly shaped ones. And just from the the image on here. Uh, there's one of them that looks pretty wide. Um, I think one of them is the Team Covenant logo. Yeah. One in the <laughs> middle. I'm pretty like sure it. it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they'll love that. Yeah, yeah. You know. Sure, they'll make it out of plastic. It'll be 40 bucks. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, the, the gas clouds are going to be cool. Um, what else do we have in here that's worth talking about? I mean, I think that's sort of a hot take on the whole thing. But uh, I could be wrong. I think Grievous will be good with the Solus one and with that. So, I mean, I could seize it. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Treacherous? I think it reinforces the play style we talked about with them. I think you'll have an ace flying behind a line of just uber blockers. Yeah. Um, I think his ability plays well into that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, gentlemen, um, I think we hit most of the news fit to print. Carlos, you got any hot takes on the way out? Do we have any good tournaments coming up? Anything you want to promote? Yeah, you got the master uh, list, I think. What, what's what's I coming do. up? So I'm uh, running a master list here of all tournaments. Uh, February 2nd, Cool Stuff Inc. Maitland uh, is holding an extended tournament. Uh, uh, will they be doing that just once, or will they be doing that multiple times because it's Groundhog's Day? So <laughs> um, they're running a ton of tournaments uh, nowadays in Orlando tournaments, which is really nice. Basically, every weekend you have at least one, sometimes two. Uh, this particular weekend, you also have another one. Uh, they're doing the Battle of Yavin, that uh, thematic uh, oh, cool. tournament. Mm-hmm. On the uh, 3rd in South Orlando. Uh, yeah, ton of tournaments. Uh, every weekend uh, seems to be one. And then hopefully Get Your Phone will be holding their Wave 2 thematic tournament on the 16th. Uh, so hopefully uh, we'll be running that that day. Uh, but yeah, all month, lots of tournaments. Also, just a quick shout out to my buddy Scott Morgan. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, with his repaints. No, uh, I don't think so. But no, uh, so Scott Morgan, um, he does a repaint tournament uh, every so often. Uh, February twenty third, uh, it's in the cool stuff Waterford. They're holding a Sephirim, uh Studios tournament. That's his uh, business. Oh, that's uh, him. Okay, I've, I've yeah, seen yeah, those yeah, I, I'd before, seen yeah. that uh, posted up. Yeah. Beautiful ships, uh, very nicely painted, and usually those uh, tournaments attract the biggest crowds. Uh, yeah. So hopefully uh, you guys can show up and that'll some be cool. Listeners, yeah, for sure. Hey Steve, when's the next thing? Uh, when's the next tournament we have here in Jacksonville? Um, we will be doing the uh, the Wave Two Quick Build Party uh, sometime in February. I'm not, I don't have an exact date on it yet, but it's it's going to be probably in a couple weeks. So. Awesome, awesome. That'll be another Quick Build one. Is there a different kit? Yeah, this is the way. Yeah, it's the wave two one. So this is all first order and resistance stuff. So okay. it's got a. It's there'll be some first order and resistance quick build cards in it. Awesome. Um, and there will be a first order and resistance themed themed event. Uh, and huh. then obviously the wave championship. Is which, that gonna be similar to the Battle of Yavin, but with 
first order and yeah, it's basically going to be res- restricted to first order and resistance be neat. format. So it'll it'll be it'll be fun, fun little kit. Actually, one of the cool things, the interesting things about that kit um, that I found at least was I opened it up and uh, in the original in the article that they released, you know, it showed the force tokens that it come that comes in it, and it looked like they were just the pick they were pictured as just kind of silver, this, the regular silver metal, kind of like the the. Uh, like the charge tokens that were in the wave one kit. Right. But I opened the box and they were gold colored. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, they actually look kind of nice. I actually like them a lot better than the, uh, than the charge tokens. The charge tokens are just too hard. They're hard to read. They're hard to see what side they're on. Oh you almost, yeah. Exactly. You almost, you almost have to, yeah, you almost have to paint them. But regardless, uh, the, the gold ones look pretty, the gold force tokens look pretty cool. So very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well guys, we're going to, uh, we're going to call it a night here. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, like, comment, and subscribe if that's a functionality we currently have on our version of this. Maybe there's no nodding coming from Steve. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll totally you can turn like that and you stuff can comment, on. You can subscribe. Oh, can I? Yeah. Ooh, can I comment? Uh, yeah, on iTunes. Can I respond to other people's comments? Uh, I don't know if you can respond to people's comments on iTunes. I mean, you can comment more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. All right, well, guys, have a great night, and I'm going to lead you uh, lead you out of here with a dials down, bottoms up.